The reading this morning is Psalm 119, verses 1 to 32, and it's on page 617 of the Church Bibles. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong, they walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees, then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word? I will seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Do good to your servant, and I will live. I will obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your law at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are cursed and who stray from your commands. Remove from me scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counsellors. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me through your Lord. Through your law, sorry. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, O Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands. For you have set my heart free. This is the word of the Lord. 
I don't know about you, but God has made his presence felt to me in a significant way at quite a few points throughout my life. As a teenager, preparing for confirmation, like those who are preparing in our church community this week, a calling to serve God in his church, when Kate and I met through the kindness, the friendship and the support of others over the last weeks, to name but four occasions. I wonder what events you would list, what times would you name. Psalm 119 was written in honour of God's revelation of himself to his people. The ways in which God had spoken, the ways in which he'd made his presence felt to his people over many, many years. God had shown them the way. And the psalm writer is pleading with God that he would show them the way again today. The psalm writer knew that God makes his character and purposes known to his people and that this in turn fueled the kind of lifestyle that God wants to see, a lifestyle that honours him. And God, of course, reveals his character and his purposes. He makes his presence felt in many ways. And today we're exploring the third rhythm of grace, as Kate mentioned, to help us to live as disciples of Jesus. By God's grace, I'll set aside time for prayer, worship, and spiritual reading. The psalm before us today can help us to see why worship, prayer, and reading are so important. The bottom line is this. Through them, God can reveal his character and his purposes to us. He can make his presence felt and he can show us the way. So firstly then, how does he do this in praise and worship? Well, you'll see in verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. And in verse 10, I'll seek you with all my heart. It's an amazing fact that in praise and worship, we learn and we grow and we change and we make ourselves open to God's presence, his character, his purposes, which then leads us back into praise and worship. It's an ongoing cycle. And so we need a commitment to worship, both personally and corporately, making it a priority even in our busy lives, and being ready and up for worship, encouraging and spurring each other on, week in, week out. Praise and worship are an essential part of discipleship because they enable growth. That's what we see from the psalm. A second way God makes his character and purposes known is through prayer. Verse 25 of Psalm 119, I'm laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Verse 25, I said, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Verse 28, prayer is an unfinished ongoing conversation with God and through prayer we can be honest with God about who we are and allow him to speak into all of that allowing him to shape us change us challenge us mold us and make us and also to change those situations that we and others are coming up against and so prayer is an essential part of being a disciple because it enables transformation The third and final way God makes his character and purposes known to us is through reading and learning. 
Those are the three I want to pick up this morning. And verse 11 says, I've heard your word and I've hidden it in my heart. Verse 15, I meditate on your precepts. Verse 16, I delight in your decrees. Through reading, through learning, God opens our eyes, our hearts, our minds to his plans and possibilities. And this involves reading, delving into, and getting to know God's word, the Bible, allowing it to shape and inform our lives. And then more than this, reading other things where people are common, uh, comment, commenting on the Bible or on Christian living or discipleship, something that instructs us, something that encourages us to step out into God's plans. Reading and learning are essential parts of discipleship because they inform our understanding, but they also inform our life experience, all with God's perspective. But of course, praise, worship, prayer, reading, they can happen in a whole variety of ways. God loves diversity. Just look at the very nature of who God is, the Trinity. Three distinct persons, and yet they are one. We all encounter God in different ways, and God reveals his character to us and his purposes for us in ways that suit us as individuals. Our preferences, our personality, the ways that we engage with the world. And so to encourage each of us in our prayer and our worship and our reading, and to help us explore different ways that we can do this, I've invited a number of people to share this morning. That's why you're only getting a little bit of input from me, and we're going to get more input from them. So I've got four people. There's Biddy, and there's Richard, and there's Libby, and there's Ben. So if they'd like to come out, please, and then we're going to interview them and see how prayer, worship, and reading and learning, how they go about it and the difference it makes to them. So I'm going to start with you, Biddy. <laughs> how do you spend time in personal worship? I think there's a lot of different ways to worship hmm. God. And for me... I find the way I worship God is through music. And I've got a whole load of, of worship music at home. And what I try to do is incorporate it into the everyday bit of my life, because I think most of us have busy lives, and sometimes you just need to try and make it part of the busyness. So if I'm scrubbing the loo, mopping the floor, hoovering, whatever it is, I will have my music on. And God is in that, and he honors me in making it part of the mundane, if you like. Brilliant, thank you. And what difference does it make, do you reckon? I think what worship does is it, it keeps an open channel between your spirit and God. And it enables you to rise above what the normal response to things in life is and see things with spiritual eyes. And for me, that's just, if I can immerse myself as much as possible in worship music, it enables me to keep that connection and that closeness with him, which then strengthens me and enables me to, to keep strong. Gosh, that makes a real difference to your daily living with God then. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that you do that because 
uh, with Biddy uh, listening to that music, she then enlarges our library of music because you encourage us <laughs> to listen yes. to those songs, they which is a fantastic thing. So it's a very good thing indeed. Okay, Richard, thank you, Biddy. Richard, how do you set aside time with God to, you know, to spend sort of quality time with God? Okay, I haven't always been brilliant at this, and I don't want to make myself sound super spiritual, but um, about two or three years ago, I realized that I needed to find time to spend with God to set me up for the rest of the day. And basically, I, I made for me, because I love my sleep, and I also need my sleep as a person, I set my alarm clock, very simple thing to do, but set it 35 minutes early. Five minutes extra to get out of bed and wake up, which was useful. And then, <laughs> whilst the house downstairs was still fairly quiet... I then spend 30 minutes with God, with the Bible, open, praying, trying to keep my ears open so that I can hear. So that's how I, would, I do it. It's quite a practical thing for me. I, it's part of a routine Monday to Friday. That works well for me. Um, I have to say I'm still finalizing my weekend and holidays because <laughs> it's the routine that works for me. And sometimes when the routine is mm. broken, mm. that can throw me off a little bit. But that's how I make okay. the time. And in that 35 minutes, could you just outline simply for us, what do you do? Um, what I tend to do um, is write down on a piece of paper the things that are on my mind, just be quiet and still in front of God. Um, I then tend to open the Bible. Sometimes it's, he's already told me um, in previous sessions that I'm working through Corinthians, or sometimes it's just opening the Bible and, sit and literally seeing where we end up. And it's, it's amazing how many times when, you, when I do that, when I've already given the time to God and given him what's on my heart, that he then speaks back through the words. Um, it could be through the Bible. Sometimes it's through a little devotional notes. And, um, but I, th I think it, for me it's important to sort of set the scene, tell God what's on my heart, give him a little bit of time and space to, man to manoeuvre, and then go into the, the reading rather than just going downstairs and opening the Bible and expecting him to jump out. It's, it's a bit of preparation of my mm -hmm. heart, I think, to, to be able to be in that place to hear him when he does speak. That's fantastic, thank you. And what difference do you think it makes? Okay, um, the main reason I started doing it is because I felt my days were becoming mundane. If you thought Bid's days of just cleaning loos and showers was, was a bit dull, mine, uh, in my work, <laughs> I felt was, was quite <laughs> dull as well. And, and I thought, God, you keep telling me you're God of adventure. There's got to be more in, in it than this. And basically ended up, not audibly, but what he, he said over a bit of time is, yes, you're right, there is more to it. If you keep your eyes and ears open throughout the whole day, then I will make myself a, 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 you know, known to you. And it's just lots of things that just crop up during the day that you wouldn't expect. Just little things that think, remind me, yes, we have got a good, a good God. He's interested in my day. It's actually probably not my day. He's, it's the day he's made for me because he knows me and loves me. But it's just you just, just pick up little things in lots of strange places. And I think it's important to go in to the day with a game plan and the game plan that is my game plan have 30 minutes with him to start with uh, before the the tide if you like of life and busyness comes and hits your head on it helps you just keep swimming out in the in the, in the direction and that, that's what it does for me it sets me up for the day gives me a, a game plan and a, a foundation with the strength really just to, to get on and do it and knowing that God is there because we've had that conversation earlier in the day brilliant thank you so much Richard Libby why is reading and learning about God so important to you, do you think? It amused me when you asked me to do this because as a teenager and as a child, I would have said, I don't read books. I wasn't a reader. I was slightly dyslexic, probably still am, <laughs> which is why I get a bit confused. 
but um, I just didn't read. And then Tim asked me if I would say why reading was important. And I suddenly thought, yeah, do you know, I've, I've come for the week, you do realise. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this is the most important book that I read. And um, that's, that psalm really blessed me this morning. It, it's a reminder. And to go, to go along with those, um, we do, I do an everyday with Jesus. So that's, that's my mm. bread and butter, as mm. it were. Then I suddenly thought, but I'm not a reader. And then I realized that actually I've got three books on the go, plus on my iPad. Mm. And I am a reader mm. because I find that God speaks to me equally through his word and through the books that I read that well-established Christian people have written. Mm. That's fantastic. And what difference do you think it makes for you? The difference I think it makes for me is that I pray that God will show me what he's trying to teach me. And I have these three books plus things that are on my computer and I tend to look at most of them every day, read a chapter, and it's surprising how many times the theme is linked. And so here I've got Jesus Calling, that's an everyday book. Would you hold that? Hold that one. That one. I've got Breaking Intimidation, that has been incredible and still is. <laughs> and The Peacemaker which is equally amazing. And you would think that those three things, plus the stuff on my computer, written by different people at different times, and they're all telling me the same message today. And then I read or I hear Psalm 119, and I think, God, you're trying to get something over to me today. And I wake up in the night, and sometimes I can't sleep, so I do the Jesus Calling for today, and it's just what I need to read today as I go into the early hours of the morning. So it isn't something I just do. Mm. In the, you know, it can be any time. And I am definitely a reader, and it's changed my life. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Libby. Thank you. And last but by no means least, Thanks. Ben Whitmarsh, how about you? How do you connect with God? So I spent a really long time growing up um, as a Christian teenager, looking up to people like Richard, and not, well, obviously no Richard, but people who did, who woke up early, and they, and they did their, their morning read. I lived with a family who, the, the man of the house, um, my friend Simon, would wake up, and you'd hear him rattle around the house, put his coffee on, get his Bible out, and he'd sit there, and he'd read and pray, and I was like, that is amazing, I want to be able to do that, it's such an inspiration, but I just couldn't. <laughs> I, I really, really struggled. I'd do it for maybe three, four days, and then it would tail off. And I'd just feel this deep shame that I wasn't a very good Christian. And it was really, uh, really damaging. Mm. And, and actually, I could still read books. I love reading books. But the Bible was just a book I've never been able to read very well. And I, I don't know why that is. So recently, um, you may know that I'm a gardener. I love working down the allotment or in my veg patches um, I pray while I'm digging or sowing or weeding or whatever else tasks I'm building in the garden that week and um, I'll listen to sermons while I'm doing that um, I have like a Laura bought me a big speaker 
that runs on batteries that I put in my greenhouse that, so the whole neighbourhood <laughs> can hear the sermon that I'm listening to <laughs> that day. So I'm evangelising to Baston Hill, and then when I'm down the allotment, they can all hear it as well, or I'm listening to the Bible in um, my ears. Um, and I find that's a lot easier. And I, I, there's still that part of me that feels a little bit shame that I'm not sat there at 6.30 in the morning. It's because now, 6.30 in the morning, I'm entertaining <laughs> daughter instead which is a lot more fun um, but that's not that we don't read the bible to as a family we're trying now to do lunch times together because that's about the only meal that we're all sat down and not one of us is rushing out to go to work or one of us is um, still in bed because we like to try and swap the mornings over so lunch times for us is when we sit down and we read a story together we read it with Sophia and we pray together as like a little family unit and that's actually it's been something we've been doing for the last few months and we found that even though it's not early in the morning, and I'm still dealing with that, I should be up early, it's still really good for us as a family to meet together and at lunchtime and do that prayer then. <laughs> yeah. So kind of twofold, personal time in the garden and then family time together at lunchtime, really. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. And what difference does that make to you or others? Well, I think it's dealing with my, my shame issue a bit because I still carry that and I still feel bad that I'm not. So actually being able to deal with that and it's like a weight off my mind enables me to meet with God better. Um, but I think it also it affects the community that I'm in. Like when I'm down the allotment listening to the Bible or listening to a sermon, they're hearing that too. <laughs> and they're, they're hearing me sing songs, which I'm sure I do when I put my earphones in. <laughs> I'm listening to a worship CD and I'm humming along or singing along. And they're hearing it too. So it's a way of Jesus being present in that place but it's also just a calming time as well not that when I'm trying to put a shed up I'm particularly calm all the time but that it's a way of centering yourself and being present with God I think it's really important thank you Ben thank you Libby thank you Richard and thank you Biddy it's been brilliant to hear from you and it's been super encouraging thank you let's give them a round of applause So I wonder then, how do you pray and worship and delve into God's Word and, and read about God and learn about God? How committed are we to do that? I'd really hope that we will be encouraged this morning to know that all of those things can happen in a variety of ways, in ways that suit you. There's no one correct way to do that. And so maybe today you need to give to God any guilt or shame or hang-ups that you might have about any of this, and to be open to Him, to receive from Him, to encounter Him and learn more about Him in fresh ways that connect with your own personality and your own life experience. And so to finish, what goal will you set yourself to improve your personal prayer life what goal will you set yourself for worship? What goal will you set yourself about delving into God's Word and reading? As the psalm writer reminds us, each of these is very important because through them, God reveals to us His character and His purposes. We've heard the difference it's made just to four people stood on our platform here. God makes His presence felt, and He shows us the way. Amen.